Hello, everybody. It's Michael Martin. Happy Wednesday. So, you know, people love this quote about intuition and intuishing. And, you know, the people that talk about intuition are actually very intuitive people, and they trade that way. It's a big part of their trading. Um, two, most of the systematized people who you think are pure system really are just people who have trading rules, and the computer was a big part of simulation. But now they don't really need the computer to run the simulation. Obviously, if you've got billions of dollars, you need the computer just for, for inventory management, right? So that's, that's true. But for many of the folks who are, say, I don't know, 25 to you know, 50 million, you can still do a lot of that through your own desktop and through spreadsheets and what have you. Um, if you think about your position sizing, it's not, it's not the end of the world. There does become a point where you start, you do need to diversify because you have so much money that you do need to do other things. But um, that's more, it's not really, it wouldn't be a good use of our time on the show here as the majority of folks are not in that space. So, um, when would your emotions overtake? Your rules would be like if you were, I'll give you a good example. If somebody happened to just have GameStop because they're big into gaming and they're part of that culture and they owned it and the thing went to like whatever it was, 150 or so, 120, you'd, when markets go parabolic, you do need special rules. Um, because there is no reference point on the chart to go back and look to to say, okay, well, where are we here? We're we're but buttressing up against resistance, and there's previous support here. That kind of goes out the window because when markets go parabolic, there's something else that's affecting the instrument at that at this moment of time in the ever evolving moment of right now. But that also will come with experience. If you've been in enough of them, you have to say, okay, the market's given me this great gift. I've made all this money in a very short period of time. You go back to your, your rules and say, well, where if I do get stopped out and this thing does collapse, right? Because parabolas don't end very well. They always collapse in one way, shape, or form. So there is, you do have to kind of get out when the getting's good. Now, you can beat yourself up for not getting out on the top tick again, but I don't think that's practical, right? Because if people can do that, it's largely luck um, in the short run. If they have done it 30, 40 times, they probably have some instinct or technique where they know. But in the short run, it's luck and randomness, despite <laughs> what they put out in social media. So what I have found is that being decisive is what you know you have to be you have to be decisive and i would say from an awareness standpoint whenever you have names that in your portfolio and you're taking them home overnight over the weekend you probably have a few what if scenarios the first one that should always be in is where's your protective stop if you're wrong right because what ends up happening is is that if you get you know if you're running client funds and you you don't put in protective stops, you have a lot of answering to do for your lack of behavior. So again, how do you do that? You can't walk in and be like, well, we just diversify and we sell when the fundamentals change and you know this and that. Can't, can't time the market. You have to remember the clients are seeing everything. 
They're seeing other people do what you can't do. So you have to be mindful of that. You don't live, this isn't the boy in the plastic bubble, right? And just because you're not having that conversation with your clients, they're having it with other people, right? So, so make sure that you know what the competition is doing because you might put yourself out of business by thinking that you're too cute or you can avoid certain conversations with people. So if you do have strong intuition, the way that you can culture that pearl is to, uh, I mean, you have a journal, you have a notebook, I don't care what you call it, you can have index cards. I don't care if you use the back of the envelopes or the bulk rate junk mail that you're getting. It doesn't matter to me. It's probably you know, better to put it and file it in a certain area where you can go back to it and it's all kind of in one place so that you can review it, right? That's the point of having it is to be able to review it. Although, yes, writing things out can be cathartic in and of themselves. But, you know, date it because you need a date. You need the price. You need the instrument. And then you write down what you think your intuition is going to tell you or what is it telling you about what you think the future price action is going to be that day, that week, that month, whatever. So I'm not sure that it's prediction, but it's damn close. Um, two, you can always keep your predictions to yourself. You don't have to go out in social media. If you make predictions and go out on social media, for me, that's you're looking for some kind of emotional feedback from the crowd. Maybe you're trying to fit in. Maybe you want to be part of a crowd and that's the way, that's your entry ticket. I myself don't feel those feelings because this is a, this is a, this role of managing risk is really a, a, a personal independent role. You can't do it by committee, right? And your, 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 your committee or your, your followers and your group of people that you chat with on social media, they're not responsible for the actions that you should take. You can't delegate that. And if you make a mistake, they can't pat you on the back because at the end of the day, you still mishandled the trade. It it's, feels good to be understood, but you still drop the ball at the moment you shouldn't have. So I'd like to be super clear about social media. And it's like, man, I love my peeps, Friend Friday, whatever. Yeah, great, whatever. Friend Friday, some of this. At the end of the day, your P&L and your risk management is... You're yours. That's it. You win, it's yours. You lose, it's also yours. That's not something that you can share. That emotion is completely yours and it's based on all your experience and all the hard work that you've put in. Right? So let's talk about intuition. When would that come in? Well, you might say, well, man, you know, this market's really strong. Even though my stop might get hit at 85, I'm just going to move it down to 80. So therefore, you're overriding a trading rule. Can you do that? Of course you can. But market, say here's my intuition, and today's date is whatever it is. Here's the name. Here's what I think is going to happen. I'm going to move my stop lower I'm, and write it out. I am breaking a trading rule. Because if you say I'm following my intuition, that kind of lets you off the hook, right? You have to say and write it out. I'm doing something that I should know better not to do. I am overriding a bona fide trading rule that's 
here to protect my capital. And I think in the heat of the moment, I know better. So what does that do? When you can see it written out, it might have an emotional impact on you to not do it. That can be a good thing too. You have to, you have to practice this though, right? If you're thinking of developing your intuition, it's not going to come from one week or one month. It's an ongoing, many, many multi-year process. Because as you evolve as a person, your intuition can ebb and flow. Some people can be in tune with markets for a long time. Some people might have that, like a scene out of Awakenings, where they go from being catatonic, they get this medicine, they have lucidity, they kind of come back to life, and then something happens and they go back to being catatonic again. That happens too. Those are the, f the folks who made market calls about the 87 crash. You haven't seen or heard from them since. So they kind of inferred, like, because they, they called the coin toss heads and it came up heads, all of a sudden, they're guru. Right? Now, it might also make sense to write down what your feelings are in the kind of an accounting T-chart. You have debits and credits. You have your intuition. You have your trading rules. And you have your emotions. So it's good to write it out and get clear. Because you're never going to remember exactly what it felt like at that moment if you look back two months ago to something like this. So you should take the time to really spell it out. And be brutally honest with yourself of why you're doing it. What emotional needs are getting met? <clears throat> because look, it's very simple. People make it, make it much more complicated than it has to be. If you're a human being, if you're male, female, or non-binary, it doesn't matter to me. I celebrate you. But I will say this about everybody listening. You are a pleasure seeker. Now, some of you might be masochists and into BDSM, whatever, that's your call. But you're still a pleasure seeker, however you get it. So my initial thought is, whatever it is that you're doing or not doing is giving you pleasure. So spell it out. How are you getting pleasure? If you mind fuck yourself to death over these types of things, write out how you get pleasure over doing that over and over and over again. I get exhausted just thinking about it. You see? So spell it out. That's the best way that you can learn from this because it's terribly personal. And I'm not here to justify or not any of the legitimate feelings that might be running through your body. Trust me when I tell you I've had the United Colors of Benetton running through my body at any given time. But I know if I'm going to lose money, I'd rather lose only a little than lose a lot. Right? Because I'm not here to stroke my ego. I'm not here to to do any of that. I don't care. It's not the world that I live in. This is a solitary business where you're in isolation and you're doing it by yourself. So get used to being alone. Your community on some level are a bunch of electrons that are flying through the air that you, you know, are people that you don't know and probably who you're never going to know. So that you can be nice and you can be kind and you can be share, you know, sharing and, and all that. That's great. But at the end of the day, don't misunderstand the fact that traders are solitary creatures and you're doing this for yourself, by yourself. There is no Twitter committee that's going to let you off the hook and say, man, it's okay, you'll be all right. No. There's enough snarky stuff out there to the Alec Baldwin character and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? About getting a dog and all that. So 
that's what you should do. I don't know that there's any book or course. This is really just something that you have to journal and get clear about who you are. You have to study yourself, right? Now, with enough of that data, you can look at that and say, okay, my instincts served me well in this case because I did give it the extra five bucks and it bounced. I guess it also depends on what your risk management size, your position sizing is. What would that extra $5 be from 85 to 80 if you're following these uh, episodes this week? What would that mean to your P&L as a percentage, right? If it's 0.1%, one-tenth of 1%, you know what I mean? Like think of it in terms of percentages, right? That's what pros do. But the best thing to do is to study yourself, right? This is all about self-knowledge. So that's what I would do. However you do it, whether it's, and I would write it out. I wouldn't use an online journal. I would try to get away from the computer as much as possible because there's something very organic about writing it out, right? And I know it's, yes, you can take it with you and it's portable and you can do it and you go in asana and all this kind of fun stuff and there's journals and all that. That's kind of cool. But I would take a piece of paper and a journal and a pen and I would write it out. And I would get away from looking at the computer. All right? So that answers that question. So, you know, you learn a lot from the experience. Then you can come back and say, well, every time I overstepped a rule here, and I hate to say it this way, but you should have known better, right? That's part of this, right? You can say that to yourself. I should have known better. But I did it anyway because I wanted to get the experience. And the experience is the black and white of it. It's the who, what, when, where, why, and how. It's the PL part of it. But it's also the emotional feedback. What did I learn about it from a trading psychology and emotional part? And that's what you cannot intuit intellectually from looking at a chart and thinking. You can't also get that from spending hours of going back and forth with people, DMing them in any type of platform. You just have to do it. So in and of the of itself, save yourself the time from going through all that back and forth with people. You're killing time and you're wasting time. Two, they cannot help you. You have to feel the feelings and do it. That's the whole point. <laughs> That's the whole point is that you have to feel the feelings and then see how it feels. And then what rules can you build around your feelings? And then you can say, well, I've got to come up with more rules or I have to expand my emotional constitution because if I'm going to do this, I have to live with more uncertainty. This is a, we live in a probabilistic world, not a deterministic one. And there's nothing that you can do and there's nothing that you can study that's going to change that. So I want to save you all the time, money, and effort right now is you need to make friends with your feelings because if you don't, they will sabotage you. You don't know that they're not spies. You don't know that your strong feelings of aversion for loss is not disguising itself as your intuition. Trust me when I tell you, you can bullshit yourself for 10, 15 years, longer. So that's why I'm saying write it out and be super clear about what it is that you want to do. What are your intentions? Because intentions equal results, okay? I've had to do this myself. This is not anything that I haven't, you know, 
had to look at. This isn't just something that I'm saying for the sake of doing it. But the but the what you get, the wisdom that you're going to get from this process will be something that is invaluable. And as you do it, you'll understand that there isn't a book. There isn't a course. The intellectual stuff might make sense to you, but it's how you try it on. I'll give you an example. An Armani suit doesn't look good on everybody, right? And not to be, not picking on anybody, but... If a guy's five foot one or five foot two, double-breasted suit's not going to look good on that person. It's just the way it works. It's the way it's the way the cloth is cut, right? So you have to find something that's going to look good on you and that's going to feel good, and that only comes from doing it. And when you spell it out, you get super clear on things and how you define words. But don't, again, don't deceive yourself. Self-deception is going to cost you a lot of time, money, and effort when you could be out doing something else that you'd be really, really good at. And this isn't just for new traders. This is for people who have been, you know, investment advisors masquerading as portfolio managers for who knows how long. Ultimately, you know, your marketing spiel, which you need if you're dealing with client funds, you need to be able to talk to them about ideas and themes. But that's not how you trade, which is a whole other thing. Let's talk about that tomorrow. It's probably a good idea. Anyway... If you don't already have the Inner Voice of Trading audiobook, you can go get it for free at Martin Chronicle. It's on me. Um, you can get a lot out of it. Thank you for being here, and I'll see you tomorrow.